Okay, so welcome on to the GigCX Decoded podcast, where we dive into the world of gig-based customer service, which we call GigCX. And as always, this is brought to you by Limitless. Um, I am your host. I am Chris Dumpleton. I'm the Chief Sales and Marketing Officer at the Good Ship Limitless. And um, as we all know, what we do here is uh, rather than just hearing from me, I bring on people that are far cleverer than I to ask lots of questions about this. And today we are spoilt yet again by not only an organization, but also two individuals that work for this organization in the roles that they do. So we are delighted to, to be joined by uh, Claire Beattie and Ginger Condon from Genesis. Uh, and I'm going to make sure I get these titles right. So please, please do keep me honest. So Claire, you are Senior Director of Thought Leadership at Genesis. And Ginger, you are a Thought Leadership Director. Is that right? Absolutely. That's right, okay. Chris. Thank you. So, that, so that's, a, that's a powerhouse of thought leadership that we've got here. Um, and you know, in, in case anybody doesn't know who Eugenesis are, I mean, they are the, the leader in the, in the Gartner Magic Quadrant. I think eight times now you've been nominated as leader. It's a $2 billion turnover business. It's a call center and customer management software that most of the enterprises use. So um, if, if people don't have don't know about Genesis, you're probably in, not in this industry, and you're not even interested in this podcast unless you're just particularly interested in hearing from me, which um, it would be unusual. Anyway, so um, so uh, Ginger Claire, so thank you very much for for coming on. Um, you know, please perhaps we just start with a quick intro. Feel free to say hi, and and then we'll, we can dive into the uh, the interview. Great. Well, thank you, Chris. Really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Claire Beattie. Yes, I'm a senior director for thought leadership at Genesis. Um, so what we do is really look at the market. We look at consumer trends. We look at industry trends and try and sort of chart the way ahead, the strategies that organizations will need to use to be competitive and to build long term loyalty. And of course, uh, the gig economy falls into that. So really excited to be here with you today. Excellent stuff. And uh, I'm Ginger Conlon, uh, Thought Leadership Director, as you said, and work with Claire on all that amazing content. We do everything from in-depth reports to a live stream show on LinkedIn, to a podcast, to blogs, you name it, we're, we're out there sharing the love there. of customer experience. Well, I love it. I mean, I, I mean I've been in this industry a long, a long time as well. My first ever job was in a contact center. So like there was little old me at 17 years old. And if you were if you were lucky enough to buy a um, in the UK, there's a store called Dixon's and, and Curry's. It's an electronic store. Right. So if you were lucky enough to go and buy like a video recorder or a camcorder or something like that and you needed some help, you, you might have been lucky enough to get through to me. And my job was there to help you, you know, with your parts and stuff. So I've been, been a, you know, been an agent. I've been in the industry a long time. And, and um, so, you know, in terms of observing what's been going on in, in the industry, you, your jobs must be very difficult at the moment given you're trying to predict uh you know shifts and we you know as we sit here today where are we we're on the 23rd of march today we've had chat gpt4 launch um huge amounts of focus around ai and what that's going to do to disrupt the customer service industry and is that going to speed up this whole you know robots taking over the human jobs and and, and you've got the wonderful job of trying to predict what's going to happen. So before we get into the main questions, how do you feel about that? What's been happening in the last sort of week, two weeks? 
Well, I think it's a bigger question. We're at a really interesting point in overall customer experience. And we see this kind of convergence of really like four big factors. Mm. So one is around like the rapidly changing um, nature of customer expectations on organizations today. So we've gone through the pandemic. We've seen that rapid digitalization. Consumers now are very comfortable with using digital channels, but their expectations are very high on the quality of those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in terms of internally, organizations are struggling a lot with meeting those expectations, innovating um, at the speed that they need to, um, connecting all of the technology and the data that they have in order to drive those experiences um, without driving up cost as well cost is a big factor in this economy Mm. Uh, we also see talent being a huge constraint for Mm. organizations you know turnover between 30 and 40 percent organizations really struggling to keep employees firstly in roles and then secondly continuously trained um, and engaged so it's a really interesting time we're having a lot of fun looking at all of the data that's coming into our organization Mm. Um, obviously ai does play a big part in the solution and we're we're less talking about replacing employees I feel like that conversation has moved on we don't really hear about that so much but it's really how we can supercharge um, the ability um, of all of the resources across the stack to um, you know delight customers in the moment yeah it certainly is a uh, um, a very challenging well I say challenging time but it's certainly you know the, the common themes I hear on the show are to do with the, the, the technology, it's the, it's the um, attraction of talent, it's the keep, you know, trying to keep that talent in or run that sort of conveyor belt of attrition of 30, 40, sometimes higher percent, and, and then trying to, you know, recruit, train, retain, and then off, off you go again, at the same time as cost of living's increasing, customer expectations are constantly, you know, becoming more prevalent and they want things quicker they want things there and trying to manage all that is a is, is hopefully why we're here because we we you know GigCX does provide some some answers to that but let, let me kick off with the with the, you know my first big question which um you know we throw GigCX around like confetti and um i'm aware that some people don't actually um fully understand what that is just because sometimes the word gig can have can you know can have a, a bit of a association with it so how would you Someone turns up and they say, right, uh, I keep hearing this GeekCX thing. What, what is it? How would you explain it to someone that doesn't know what it is? Well, so um, I would describe it as developing a pool of on-demand freelancers that are brand advocates to handle inbound customer interactions. Uh-huh. And they have that, that high level of expertise around that specific brand because they are that brand advocate. And uh-huh. In some cases, they get to choose what interactions that they take within a sp- specific parameter of types of interactions, and then they have you know the same quality metrics as the on-staff employees. Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to be really bold here and say that everybody I've asked that question to on this show that is, in my humble opinion, the best answer I've ever heard because it absolutely nails it from a what it's all about. The big thing I think you picked up on there was, was, you know, was brand ambassadors. The thing that's different here um, and something I I sort of sometimes a little bit provocative with the questions I ask to certainly some of the clients, but I'll say like, you know, if you've got a BPO, you've got, you know, a bunch of agents sat there and let's say you are a, I don't know, a, a, a customer technology company, you produce 
even if it's headphones, right? Say these things on my head, which you can't see because this is audio only, but imagine I've got a pair of gray headphones on and you ask everyone, you say, right, everyone stop what they're doing in the contact center, put your hands up. If everyone, if any of you here have um, Bluetooth headphones and okay, maybe, I don't know, 90% of everyone will put their hand up. And then you say, right, how many of you here have got this make as in the brand you're working for? And I wonder how many would actually continue to keep their hand up. And the difference between that versus GigCX, which means you go to those that have got your gray headphones and say, do you now, you've chosen to be our customer. Why don't you also become our brand ambassador? And what that brings to a conversation is empathy. I think it's the best thing. Just, just realism that you can actually use to, to have a conversation. And they can come with the same skills and customer service attributes but fundamentally they can say yeah i've got these they're great and this is what i can do so brilliant thank you for that that's really really helpful um so i think claire you've already touched on i think the big things that are affecting the cx industry right now and the, those sort of big four was there anything more you wanted to sort of add to that or, or do you think they're the main things that are driving the industry right now uh, I think the, the, the other thing is that real need for expertise when you interact with a human being. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. there's such a broad availability of digital channels. People typically do want to do things by themselves in their own time, in their channel of choice. But when they have a question that requires something specific, something, some, some, you know, in-depth knowledge, or you know, they're not getting quite the right answer, they really require that person to have that deep knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to draw on this big pool of people who are experts, they do know about it, they they are interested to share that knowledge. That's a really big benefit for them. Mm. You mentioned at the start, you know, the attrition being so high. So you're trying to like, you know, talent, trying to find talent in the first place and then keep them. Um, but the, the answer is, you know, if you, if you, if you sell a product and you've got you know, millions of customers out there, you're trying to find people that can help. The, the answer is, is almost is there, you know, it, this difference between trying to bring people to the work, which was the old school contact center way, which is, find people that live in a certain distance, bring them to a building and ask them to work in this way. Whereas now we can broadcast the work to the people and those people can be anywhere in the world. And the way in which they choose to work can be entirely at their choice. Now that kind of matches the customer experience, which is, I mean, uh, so but do you all have WhatsApp? I have WhatsApp. I use it for pretty much anything. You both use it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, nodding hairs, great. So yeah, before that, you know, that is an asynchronous digital messaging tool that we all know that we can have a five-minute conversation over two days. Uh, sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it's just dip in, dip out. You know, if I'm talking to my mum, she will answer 24 hours later because she's not as tired to the phone as I am. Where if she asks me a question, I'm bang straight away. But the whole concept of I've got a question and I'm going to talk to somebody when I'm ready to, which isn't necessarily a time when I'm ready to have a live phone conversation because of my environment or just because of who's around me or my own time. You click and forget or click and send, if you like, and but you can maintain and tether that conversation. Asynchronous messaging is prevalent in our personal lives. And I always remind myself when the your corporate technology always used to have to catch up with personal technology because 
that became more ubiquitous before the corporate engines were able to kind of onboard these things. So in your private life, you've got the, you used to have the best technology in the world. You know, iPhones when you, when they came out and then but everyone was still using Blackberries and, you know, and, and the various other software that people used to just stream and then, but people were still having to use, you know, CD-ROMs and that sort of stuff. So I, I find this, that, that kind of comparison as an indicator of the way the market is going because Consumers, we're all people. We all use asynchronous messaging in our daily lives. Are comfortable with that, whether whether that's a you know, customer service operation or not. And the freelancing you know, economy can that you could, it massively changes the dynamic to that to that crowd. If you don't have a right, we want someone live having a one-to-one conversation, then it changes the dynamic of what you expect that crowd to do because you don't have to ask them to be scheduled. They don't have to say, right, I'm working these four hours. They don't have to have adherent schedules. You don't have to manage every 15 minutes intraday what they do. Tell them when they can go for a break. Tell them when they can go for lunch and all that stuff. It can just be asynchronous. And if you get it right, actually it's asynchronous, but it's still really quick because the Uber analogy here is if there are a thousand flights coming into LAX, you can bet your bottom dollar that there are a bunch of Uber drivers ready to take those people on. If there weren't any flights, there wouldn't be any Uber drivers. And that doesn't matter in, in the context of what people earn and what the expectations are, because it grows and shrinks to do with the supply and demand. And that's the most interesting thing for me, especially as the world can sometimes become more unpredictable. You know, I feel so sorry sometimes for workforce planners trying to figure out their you know, their intraday forecast, their medium-term forecast, and then oh god what's happened and, and then all of a sudden either their greater service goes through the floor or they've got people sat there unproductive and and the economics you know fall out the bottom because the the, the numbers are so are so small in it so anyway i've gone on a big tangent i'm going to ask you another question now <laughs> which is um i'm, I'm going to say do you think that uh you know we've i've grown up with it we've grown up with it over the last six years we're working here but gig has a stigma do you think that because we use gig cx to describe basically customer you know, the uberization of customer service for for this contact center world but do you think gig or gig cx has got a stigma associated with it yeah for me i think that really depends on a couple of things so first of all geography because there are parts of the world where freelance um, and gig work is so common and mm. there's a lot of social support structure whereas you know in the us for example not so much you know if you're a freelancer good luck to you make sure you have all your stuff taken care of mm. um so in that regard you know in some places there are some negative negative connotations you know it's maybe a way to get work get around um, supporting your workers, having them have an ability to grow tenure or have some employee protections and benefits, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, even avenues for career growth. On the other hand, there's a lot of reasons why gig work is a positive for people, um, you know, wherever in the world you are, right? It's, you have flexibility, as you were saying, Chris, mm -hmm. um, you can better balance like work life, and when you have flexibility and work-life balance, you have less stress, um, you know, and then like we talked about gig workers tend to work for brands they love, especially in terms of customer mm. experience. 
So who doesn't want to work for a brand they love? I mean, that's, you know, that's barely work, right? I mean, some, some people who <laughs> wind up being gig workers wind up being gig workers because they're already helping customers online for free because they love the brand. Yeah. And that's called a community or a forum. You know, they're already there doing this thing. Yeah. I completely, I completely you know, relate to that. And that's, it's funny you mentioned that. That's often the, what, what I use to sort of describe what, what, it's all about is you say well, you, you, so firstly I'm, I say things like um, have you ever taken an Uber yeah of course right, okay um, do you use WhatsApp to communicate with friends yeah I do right and have you ever have you ever experienced a community forum yeah okay well look just just bring all those three things together you've got gig-based customer service because what a community has is all those wonderful things um, but sometimes it can be a little bit of the wild west right because it can be unfederated sometimes it can be unpoliced you can find some questions go completely unanswered so it's hard to rely on something where people aren't being physically rewarded because you you it's their own goodwill but if if you're rewarding people for it and there's a rating system in place which kind of is this unknown currency that governs so many marketplaces uber drivers ebay's where if my rating is at a certain level i can either continue i can be promoted or i can be thrown off of a platform and if that's my way to earn my side hustle or a source of income or whatever it might be, then I'm going to be damn sure that my rating is as good as it can be. And what that means in the contact center world is, is there anything else I can really help you with today? And like, I want to really make sure I've given you the answer because I'm not just going script, dear so-and-so, thank you very much. Anything else I can help you with send. I'm saying I'm a customer as well. And can I really, you know, is there anything else I can genuinely, genuinely do? And I think that's where this thing becomes really quite fascinating. And the key thing is about ratings and actually rewarding because then you're, you're injecting steroids into the community forum, which is, is exists today for so many big organizations and answer so many uh, great questions. So it's a, it's a yeah, great segue. I love that one. Right. Next question I've got for you. Um, what do you, well, we probably can't, but I'll see if there's anything else you want to add. What are the benefits that you think it brings to the customer the brand and the expert who wants that one i think you know we've, we've talked uh, quite a bit about the customer mm. and the benefit of being able to speak to somebody who is a fellow user they do have the inside track uh, i think there's a lot of benefits to organizations as well and we talked about you know the struggle to um, get talent and the need for that you know that expertise but i think it's also a really good way to um have flexibility and to have scale scalability mm. without growing the cost base you know looking mm. at the cost base is something that's uh, you know organizations are really laser focused on at the moment so the ability to maintain that quality of service even grow that quality of service without growing costs um, is a huge advantage yep well the obviously support all of that i think that's the um like we mentioned before the difficulty in trying to predict volume and then and then predict your supply or your number of agents to do that and if you get that wrong and in the bpl world you know the margins are so tight if you get that wrong then that's that can be the difference between making money on, a, on an account or not so um yeah but the yeah the, the that flexibility is that whole you know if there's you know if there's thousand flights coming into lax there'll be Uber drivers if there's only half as many or they get diverted to another, you know, the, the, that, that economy reacts and you just can't do that in a fixed scheduled manner. You know, you, you can probably eke out 20% more flexibility in a fixed resource model with overtime and, you know, more utilization. 
but anything beyond that and then some you know the wheels are going to fall off somewhere so um good stuff right we we are where are we we're, we're getting we're getting close to here i've got one more question for you before we um we go through to wrap so what um so now okay this is this is this has got to be your bread and butter right so this is a thought leadership question what do you think is the future of gig cx well i'm gonna throw out a piece of data <laughs> to kick us off for that question so okay. um in a report that we did with mit technology review um called customer experience in the future of work 94% of the CX leaders that we spoke with said brand advocacy and specialized product knowledge will increase over the next couple of years. And the same percent also said that they're, they expect um, to hire more agents with emotional intelligence and listening and interpersonal skills. And if you think about the future of gig CX, this is who gig CX workers are, right? Mm. They have that specialized product knowledge, they're brand advocates. They, like you said, they want to listen and understand what the customer needs so they can solve that problem. That's what they're all about. So what we see is gig CX will continue to expand, particularly in certain industries where there's already that kind of dynamic happening and it'll just mm. move to be more formal instead of online communities. It'll actually come into, mm. like you said, this more formal situation where, um, you know, the brands can support those brand advocates. And then, you know, it'll be interesting to see even how compensation could potentially evolve within mm. this industry because there's, you know, different ways to pay right now. It might be paying for time. It might be paying per interaction, mm. but you know, these people, they're brand advocates. So maybe there's also bonuses like with yep. influencers where there's a barter of, you know, product use or time or et cetera. And who knows, even the metaverse might open up opportunities for gig CX where they are the experts in how to, you know, get started in this wild mm -hmm. new world. Mm. Well, I can. I haven't thought of that before, actually. So yeah, I can imagine someone being in the metaverse, and then like, I've got a question, and there's a product expert turns up in this virtual world, and and helps them out. Yeah. Okay. I'll feed that into our, um, our technology people. Um, <laughs> anything else to add to that, Claire? No, I think you know, just like the the, the concept of having this potential thinking of different exchanges of value, whether it is time or point yeah. or product. I think, you know, there's so many ways that this industry could go. I think it's really exciting. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're all in it. So, well, look, I really appreciate your time. We are at the end of our um, our, our podcast a lot of time. Um, it's been a great chat and, uh, and I love your thoughts around all of this and um, being in the roles that you're in, being able to absorb all this information. And I'm, um, and I just want to just clarify, was, was that, did you say 96% ginger? 94%. 94, right. Okay, 94%. I'm going to remember that one because that's, that's quite a high number, isn't it? Of people that want to think that brand advocacy is going to improve and more emotional. Anyway, that's great. We'll, we'll, we'll probably use that in future. So look, I really appreciate your time um, and I wish you a wonderful day. And for those listening, if you want to find out more, you can come to www.limitlesstech.com and you can uh, reach out to us there to find out more information. And there we'll put in, in this, the show notes, we'll put the link to 
uh, Ginger and Claire's profile if you want to connect with them, find out more what Genesis does because um, what Genesis can't do isn't worth knowing about. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both for your time. Thank you.